It's the Breaking Atoms podcast where we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, a.k.a. the Potty Mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, a.k.a. the Actual Factual. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. True indeed. We're, we we are going someplace different today. Come on. Someplace that isn't foreign to us. We know this terrain. But for many of those listening, you probably... For the younger listeners too, really. Yeah, I have no idea that we just unlocked the chamber of hip-hop fashion. I like the way you're using my term general. as well. I like that. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, you, you, yeah you, you coined the chamber. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm so pleased that we were able to talk to Mr. J. Alexander Martin, co-founder of FUBU, CEO of For Us, By Us, The Network, um, to talk all things FUBU, to all to talk about all things entrepreneurship correct uh, and some just gems littered throughout this interview yeah this is and, um hip-hop 101 in terms of entrepreneurship if you're a budding entrepreneur if you're planning your exit from the day job if you've got dreams that are bigger than what you can see right now then this episode will definitely definitely provide some value i think absolutely um i yeah man this is good this is really good i think this is important for us to to highlight key voices within the culture and the ecosystem uh, and of hip hop the ecosystem of hip hop this is what we're doing we are we are providing a platform for the ecosystem of hip hop and this will be the first of many and um i i the thing i take from it there's a couple of things one is oh my god that guy is amazing that's one Right, he's absolutely inspiring. I can understand why he has private talks, and you can see the experience in easing through, uh, oozing through, rather. Secondly, LL Cool J was in a rap group. I didn't know that. Neither did I. I didn't know that. Dar Adams would know, but we don't know. We're gonna have to investigate. This. Yeah, we're gonna have to get Mr. Smith on the um on the podcast one day. Todd Smith and that. Yeah, bruv. You you know what LL Cool J said um on Illbomb when he said. Ask my dogs up in FUBU who made them major. And hearing what he said today, I'm like, okay, I get it now. It's fine. It's fine. It makes sense now. It makes, it makes sense. sense now. But, makes sense. but we talk about, we talk about LL. Um, we talk about the start. We talk about the good life compilation. There's so much to get through to. This is Jay Alexander Martin, Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's a special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. I don't know what to say apart from we are about covering the ecosystem of hip-hop and to understand the cultural impact that legends have but not just producers managers publicists pr artists rappers but also people who have impacted the game in, in a, such a, in a different way and when it comes to fashion there is one place to start for breaking atoms and that is with fubu for us by us in this day and age we live in, it's very important that we think about ownership and, and, and four brothers coming from New York and what they were able to achieve and the impact they had on the culture. FUBU, for many of us who grew up in the time, it was a badge of honour. It's something we wore with a lot of um, respect and pride. And we didn't want those uh, pieces of apparel or shoes to ever, ever get dirty. We always have maybe two of them, like we do with sneakers. You have one for the outwear and you have one for just to keep it pristine. So I'm very, very honored and we're very very honored to have mr j alexander 
one of the founders, co-founders of FUBU and the CEO of the For Us By Us Network on the Breaking Atoms podcast, Mr. Martin. I'm going to call you Mr. Martin. How are you doing? You know, it's funny. I'm always I'm always giving the salutations and saying sir to everyone. But then when I get it back or Mr., I'm like, uh, I feel it's kind of weird, you know? No, it's, it's, no, it's important to show respect, you know? Um you know, listen, we, we've always said on this podcast to, to our heroes that we stand out, right? In, in in the most appropriate way, but it's also important to give people their flowers. Um, yes, and again, this is part of that. This is very important. I, I said it off air. Very important for us to to talk about the importance of FUBU, what you guys were able to achieve and, and the things you've got going on now, because that, that story hasn't ended. You guys no, have moved no, into no. different areas, right? And I think I think it's important to to highlight the the network, the radio, the real estate. These are very important things to inspire young people in this day and age of entrepreneurship and how COVID has made people just re, you know reevaluate their lives. It's very right. important that we have one of the founders. You know, this went back to nineteen ninety two, right? So yep. so let's take it there. How did the four friends link up, and how did kind of Fubu get to 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 its um, to its start to its birth? Okay, so all right, this is how it kind of started. So Damon, everybody's Damon John of Shark Tank, formerly I think came was Dragons Den uh, over there, brought it over here, whatever, right? That's that's Damon. So Damon was making a hat. It was like a tie top hat. You just kind of make the you. It's like a two fabric, and you kind of sew it at the top, and you tie it, and whatever, and you put a lo- He put he put a logo on, and he was selling them. Uh, that was Carl and, and Damon. They were selling them and, yeah, you know, okay, whatever. I just sold it. They just sold it because they just wanted to sell something because there was money to be made. You know, Damon's that type of guy. He's, he's sharp. He's just trying to make some money. He didn't really care. It could have been screwdrivers or hammers or whatever. You know, it didn't matter, but he's going to sell them and he's going to figure it out, which is a great thing. Um, and I uh, came home from, uh, I was in Desert Storm, Desert Shield, which is uh, U.S. Navy, um, I was during, during, during the war, I got out on medical discharge and upon me coming home, I was started I was working at fashion places, whatever, but I really wanted to be in fashion. So I saw Damon, uh, you know, coming back home and he was making, he saw the, saw the hat and the hat had a logo and then logo said FUBU. So I was like, wow, this is nice. You got a hat, you got a logo, like you got to let's make, you know, it's a brand. And I was like, well, what's it mean? He said meant for us, by us. And I was like, Oh, this is the winner. You know, this is a winner. This is a winner. So I will use my GI Bill, which is something that you get when you uh, go to military. You can be able to go to school for free. And I use the money that I received from the military uh, accident to fund FUBU. And I said, hey, we're going to start this. And we started. And I started. Thinking, yeah, that's it. So the military, the military uh, gave FUBU its seed money. Yeah. Now, now this is second seed money because the first seed money was Damon just making the hat. And I think he spent like $35 or something like that or whatever the number it is that he bought the fabric or whatever. And then I came in and I put in 6,000 and then we started, started it what it was today. Amazing. Today. Amazing. I was reading up about um, Damon's house becoming, correct me if I'm wrong, the FUBU factory. Yes. Tell me about, tell me about the FUBU factory. Take me back in time, what it was like, the feel, the vibe, paint that okay. picture for me. So the picture was like this. So we had the other partner, which is Keith. I haven't mentioned yet. Keith, was living in the house as uh, um, and kind of hanging out with us uh, back then. He, uh, I had a room in the house. So then I would have a room in the house. I also had a room in the house and it was like, you know, I didn't have to pay because I was working the business and Keith would pay. So he was just a roommate. So he was around 
Um, and after long, after a while, he had lost a job and said, Hey, let me, let's work. Let me start working with you. Cause he was doing everything with us. Um, so again, that's how the, they all initiated between the, all four of us. Now the house is like this. Damon lived at the top floor, which was like the attic. That was his room. And then it went one down. Then there was another room. Uh, his mom still kept her room, but she wasn't there cause she had another apartment in the city. And I would stay in one of the guest rooms and then everybody would come over. So then I'd wake up, go downstairs to the living room, which is the factory now, of, and I would open the door for all the workers. So then they'd work, and Damon would be probably still be asleep because he worked late, late, late hours at uh, Red Lobster. And I didn't work. I just was, you know, I was getting a, a, um, a money from the military every month, so that was kind of keeping me afloat because um, we wasn't making any money. We just was just, you know, making clothes. We were selling, we were making money, but we wasn't making any really real money because it was, because again, again, in the beginning, you know, you don't make money. You kind of reinvest all the money you put back in, you put in. And it was just a day of wake up, go to the factory, work all day, work home. And that's it. You know, just work, work, work. And, you know, in hindsight, when you think of it, you're like, wow, bro, do you understand what you guys were doing? You know, and but you really don't because you live it in the moment. And again, I'm learning as I go along, because if I had a problem, I would go to school and kind of research and figure out where I can go, what I could do. Because, you know, there was no Internet. You know, there's no, you know, I think at the one time, finally, later on, it came up to dial up. But then that still made no sense because, wow. you, know, you know, that's when we were really starting. So everything we did was I just had to figure it out. You know, I had to, anything was a problem, I had to figure it out. If, you know, I just had to find a solution quick, you know, and it's just the four of us, you know, eventually it came, became just the four of us and that was it. And then our workers, you know, uh, a bunch of um, women that were working and sewing and we just kept making clothes. And then we came to a point where, you know, it, it was beyond of us just working and keeping it where we were. And that's a whole nother story, but we can get into that a little later. Right. And um, what, I guess in the beginning we're talking about making some money all that but what when you started to once we get out of the kitchen full french factory now also there must be some good food in the kitchen too while you make uh, you know there must have been some good not necessarily not necessarily because <laughs> because um wow so we knew with chefs and all that we would just you know i was a bunch of takeout my right. favorite meal was from uh 50 cent beer and chicken wings and pork fried rice from the chinese place I've I've heard about the um the legendary I've heard about the legendary um pork fried rice and chicken wings in New York. I've never yeah. had them. <laughs> yeah, that that that's that was my meal like twice a week. You know, remember we not we don't have much money. Yeah. Because every month all the money's coming in to, to pay for the home, the house that we's at, you know, and then he we, we refinanced and that's where we got some more money in to be able to kind of sustain ourselves a little longer. So I so once we're out once we're out of the, the 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 kitchen factory for a second upgrade, I guess I'm I'm trying to understand is and and for the listeners to understand, what were the obstacles you kind of faced at the beginning and how you overcame them? Because um, I think that's really important to 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 no, tell it, the success. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I understand. The problem with me in answering that question is I have such a weird not weird, but different philosophy about when someone says it's a problem. Because how I think and how we thought, we just did. Like there was no person to say, hey, do it this way, do it that way. We didn't have, I guess what people call a mentor. 
So we made our own lane. So within making our own lane, everything we were doing, no matter what, however it worked, was the right way. Because at the end, we're still in business th- about 30 years this year. Yeah. So I, when people ask me that question, I can never answer it, a quote unquote, properly, I guess, yeah. between, but I can only answer it based off of us. Because we went down a lane, we started doing stuff that nobody was doing. So wh- who's to say it was wrong? Who's to say it was right? Who's Got to it. say it was an obstacle? No, it makes it it's sense. Something I had to learn. It's something I had to learn or go through to get to this yeah. point. Got it. No, you got you guys were trailblazers in that that in the the what we call the quote unquote doors that you had to go through. You guys were kicking them down yourselves and and just working through it. But no, I think yeah, I I take that point. That's, yeah, we often talk valid. about we often talk about the blueprint, but someone had to design the blueprint first, you know, to give us that plan. Yeah. And I I guess essentially that's what you did because. You just had to, like you say, figure it out, which is what me and Summit are doing like every day with breaking atoms. We're just figuring stuff out. It works great. It doesn't. We try something else. Right, right. And I want to, I say that so much and no matter where I'm at, because I want people to stop and get out of, again, you look at social media and stuff like that. And what it's doing is, is, is making us all fit into a blueprint. And that blueprint is the same blueprint, which is the same blueprint. But what, you gonna, what results you're going to get? One, either you're going to get in line and do the same things everybody was doing, and then you don't really see what's moving next because you're so busy looking at the person that's in front of you. Instead of getting off the line, now you're off the line and you're looking at, you can see everything that's going on. Yeah. But if you're following someone, you you have to wait for them to move. And you're not leading at that And point you're not either. leading. Yeah, you're not leading. And that's, I think that's a very fair point. Yeah, you're right, because we do that and we get sucked into what the constructs of what we feel is a thing to do. And what we're not looking at is how do we make this better or how do we build upon it in order to, so it's about goals, right? You guys had, you guys had goals of what you want to do. You may- well, there we go too. I had, I didn't have goals. I had vision. You had visions, right? So you had visions yeah. of what you wanted to, to create right. and you're like, right, I'm just going to make it work. And you went through right. that process. And so right. that, I think that's, yeah, that's very important to, to, to know. And again, yeah. it, it's a different way. It's actually within everyone, but, some people need goals. I can, I'm not going to say that. Some people need goals. Look, you stay over there and can keep you with your goals because this is not for you. You know, <laughs> this is not going to work for you. But for the for the average person that has creativity and have an idea to do something, not an idea based off of somebody else's idea. You know, an idea of your own. Yeah. You know, a thought, a pattern, whatever you're trying to do, or for you. That's where you. That's where this methodology works. It doesn't work if you if you looking at saying, "Oh, my, I want to build mics because everybody said mics are are, are what to do, a thing to do, a thing to make." You need to stay in with goals because you're not going anywhere. Yeah. But if you want to say, "Well, I want to build a booth that the mic goes into that's not made." Or whatever. I'm just yeah. I know what you mean. I know a, a specific is an angle to it where you're building something of value that's not there. You can recognize the gap of of what needs to be filled, and you're creating that. And it's something Correct. that's unique to you, right? 100 percent get it. 100 percent get it. I think I think we have a lot of we use a lot of verbiage that again is taught to us working in nine to fives or corporate, and these are words that have specific connotations that if you strip them back to its root. 
they're not really fulfilling who you, the vision of who you want to be. You're just almost going through the motions of what they need you to be. And what we Correct. need to do is break out of that in order out to see what we're capable of because we all have our unique talents. And if we Correct. bring those together, we can create history and fulfill our vision. Yes, I agree. I agree. Correct. Correct. I think I'm going to take you on a road with me. We're going we gonna, we gonna, we gonna to do this. Gonna I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm, listen, I am here. I ain't lying. I ain't lying. Sir. I'm calling you sir now because you just offered me a job. I ain't lying. I can do this. I, I've done stuff at conferences in Vegas and stuff. Like, listen, at the end of the day, what we need, what we need to get, we need to have some, there's individual greatness that we all have. But if right. we bring that together and in the right, in the right environment, allowing each to thrive, we can have collective greatness. And I think right. that's what we're missing. And and part of my gripe with things in, in, in hip-hop culture or rap culture is that we're all geared towards competing with each other. That's not bad. Wu-Tang was great for that. You know, steel, sharp and steel. But there's a point where you come together like Raekwon and Ghost and, all, and there's a way to do that. I think we need to have that in every facet in what we do because right. this is important. We this is, this, is, this is life. We want to be proud of what we do um and you know people have kids and families and you know you can see those who have the drive the ambition and and some and that's okay everyone has a part to play in the ecosystem but really we need to drive things because it comes from us it comes from people like you it comes from people like chris this is what right. drives everything and then the right. corporate then just takes that flips it and then presents it as their own and we got to take more initiative with that and it's funny and the funny thing you said about that i want to i want to make this point and entrepreneurship Today, most people say, oh, hey, I want to start a business, right? So they come to me and I'll say, hey, well, I want to start a business. What do you, what's my, what's your best advice? To start. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Simple what's funny? You know what's funny? <laughs> like 2008, I don't know if I told the story before, Chris was going to get bored of this, right? And you'll get bored of it too. <laughs> Obviously done nothing successful in my life. I want to put that out there, right? 2008. I had just come out of university, didn't know what to do, but I wanted to do music. I wanted to do journalism. I wanted to be someone with a voice. I wanted to create a voice, a curator voice and build a platform. And I was going to write for a blog called Real Talk NY, which had millions and millions and millions of hits. And I had a relationship with the editor there, right? And the reason why is because I wasn't at that moment clued up enough to go, I could do this myself. And so I went through a process of here's, you know, here's some, here's some writing, you know, here's some uh, examples. I did this review on Lupe Fiasco. Here's a review on what I've done on Mary J. Blige. Here's a piece I've done on Biggie Smalls. And then it hit me. I was like, why am I doing this for someone else? I can do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Just because I haven't taken the time to figure out what I need, what I need in order to make this happen. Did that. A week mm-hmm. later, I'd start my own thing. That then right. propelled me to where I am today, to, you know, interview Kendrick or party with Nas or party with all of that started from me just going shit I'm doing this myself why do I need someone else to why does do I need someone else to build my platform let me build it myself and it's the same thing we're doing with breaking atoms Chris is the same as an artist it's the same thing he's done he's built he's built it from himself this is his creativity this is his artistry and he's built it from there and we need more of that right the problem I find I'm sorry I'm going on a tangent the problem I find is that what we do I say as a culture, as as people involved in this part of culture, hip hop culture, is we start thumbing our noses at other people. We start we say that we want the diverse voices and we want community, but it's not really that. What you're really trying to do is trying to go, who can I buy up? Who can I absorb? 
who, who who can I be friends with in order to have nefarious things later? It's not really, and that's, I guess, my gripe with it. Because I think me and Chris, we're about, this platform is not for us. We're just providing the right. platform for people to come in and talk. As by the right. byproduct, of course, it will help us. Of course, right. there's, there's right. no selfish deed. However, right. our intention and our vision is to create something that lasts for 20, 30, 50, 100 right. years that people right. can look back on and, and use it as reference points. And to go, right. oh, Mr. Martin said this, right. or Dot yep. Adam said yep. this, or MCA said this. That's amazing. And that's what this poll part is. That's end of rant. I'm sorry. No, you know, it's too. And to second that, you know, my, my second part to them is, you know, I'll go through the, the thing where I'll say, hey, well, um, listen to everybody that tells you you can't do you can't do it. Right. Write that down. Everything they say, like, write it all down. Everything and find out every obstacle, reason why this thing is not going to work that you're trying to do. And once you've answered every question and figure out every little possibility, then you start your business. You know, but then second to that is once you start your business, you 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 either start your business out of a hobby or you start your business out of out of an idea. You don't have a brand. It's not a brand. It's a business. What comes between what you're saying and to uh, piggyback or, or add on to what you're saying is the longevity of it. And the problem is we have these people have these discussions. Oh, well, we don't have anything or we're this and we're that. No, we don't have it because we don't stay sticking. We don't stick, stay with it long enough to for it to be what everybody else does. Now, great. Some some groups of, of people have, you know, 100 years on us, five years on us, 20 years or 30 years on us. But they started from somewhere. So we all just start from somewhere. And the base of it is the culture and hip hop. That's a whole money maker, a whole ecosystem of its own. So if that's what we have and we know it very well. And, and uh, intrinsically, we, we, it's inside us. That's why I know what clothes work because it's me. Yeah. Yeah. So by, 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 by that thinking and by, you know, if anyone's listening to this, which I know a lot of people are, will be listening. They will, hopefully they get out of this. The fact that for us, by us is basically that whole concept of taking what you have as us take what you, somebody else is going to use it. So you might as well use it and use it to help yourself and think of it in longevity. Get, get away from the, I need a like an instant gratification. You know, I want it now. That's never going to work because you want it now. Then it's over tomorrow. You want it forever. Yeah. No, listen, man. You're taking us to church. I'm, I'm here to listen and to, to, to feast at the tree of knowledge of, of J. Alexander Martin. We really, appre really appreciate the gems you're dropping. Let's get back to the vision part, because after the vision, or whilst the vision is coming to fruition, you've got success. What was Fubu's most successful year? Like, what was the number? How, how much, how much money did you make in your most successful year? Our most successful year had to be. 350, 350 million, almost four. Yeah. Between 354. Hmm. Mm. And that was a, and that wasn't that wasn't just one year. Like that was, you know, you know, over a course of years. I mean, since then, of course, we're not doing those numbers. It's just not feasible to be able to do those numbers. Uh we just opened up um new distribution in in UK uh Dubai uh Africa um what else 
oh, uh, Australia. So we may, you never know, we might get back up to that. Yeah, but again. it's like what you say about longevity. I mean, you're going to have, a, you're going to have a certain year this year. You'll have a different year next year, but it's the fact that you're still here. You know, Puffy, Puffy always says here. that 97 was his, his best year, like in terms of money, but he's still here making an impact, revolt, podcast and all those kind of things. So I often say to artists, man, I'd rather have 10 gold plaques than one platinum one. Right. But see, and the and and as I blame it on, I blame it on social media because it's like, oh, I'm it, and and you everyone's praising that that it person, and then five seconds later they're praising somebody else, and now you're trying to figure it out now. You know, again, I like to be at the LLs, you know, the Sean Combs uh of the world that's who else has been around since the dawn of time it's still doing james stuff. prince um, um there's james, a few james prince oh there's my god yeah yeah oh yeah 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 Rap we lot. had, we had yeah. james i'm oh, sorry mr prince we had mr, mr. Prince, prince call him by on his the real podcast name, mr. and um summit and i was we were on our best behavior our best behavior he said we got half yeah, an hour no jokes no nothing said, the funny story about the funny story about jay um my name is jay too so we in the business back in the days. I used to wear a lot of diamonds. I was, uh, I'd since then traded it out for uh, Richard Milley. but um, I I had we two we both had big big giant diamond ring, diamond rings, but his was a little bigger than mine. I think he had a fifteen, and I think I had like a ten or twelve. He had a twelve. I had a 10, whatever it is. I know mine was ten, but I know his was way bigger, right? So long story short, uh, we met up. One day he asked me to come down. I flew down to his um his uh to, to Houston. So the pig the driver picks us up and has us take us to this building. So it's like a gate. So now listen, I have on, I must have on over a hundred and something thousand dollars, 150, maybe even um, close to between a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry on. That's how, that's how I travel. And I get there. My other partner is with me. So we get there. He's like, Jay, uh, you need to start taking that stuff off or, sh- or whatever. And I'm like, no, he's a good guy. What are you talking about? He's a great guy. Nothing wrong. I'm fine. So we get on the gate. He is super nervous for me. It's like, oh, man, you know, we don't know these people. It's like, no, no, Jay, Jay told me to come down. I'm here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's how cool and respected he is. Because if he sanctions you, you're good. No one's going to say anything, touch you or nothing. So we open, they open the gate. So we're there, we walk out and they go, oh, you guys, the guys are FUBU? Yeah, yeah, all right, great. Oh, Jay's going to come in a little while. Just come hang out, whatever, whatever. So there's guys, I, you know, just all sorts of guys. I don't know none of these guys. I only know one person. That's the person that flew me down. That, that, I, that I went to see was Jay Prince. So we get upstairs, we say hello, whatever, whatever. Um, takes us back to his house. We watch us see his house, talks about the ranch. I'm like, man, I ain't never seen no d- dark black cows. He's like, oh, no, those are just my cow. Oh, that's the black Angus, you know, steak. Oh, you know, we can do steak dinner later on, whatever. Long story short, he's just showing everything. And um, we wound up going to a party later on, early later on. Um, and uh, so we get to the, we get to this, they, a big a bunch of limos pull up, pull up, pull up. We get into the limo, have a good time at the party. Um, I'm there, whatever. He's there. Everybody's there. And it's great, great, great. And I'm now I'm meeting all of the people from rap a lot and stuff like that. I mean, I heard of them because I was in the military and they used to play that type of music. 
you know, when you come from New York, you have your own music. Then you go to the military, everybody from different walks of life are there. So you start listening to a lot of music. So that's how I got opened up to, to learning and no, learning more things or open up to hip hop, at least because, you know, you know, when you, if you, you may be stuck in your own bubble because, you know, after what, but back then, New York, it was New York, New York hip hop. Nobody wants to hear anything else. But then I started to get an affinity for the Southern music and stuff like that in Houston and all that. That's why I had met him. That's how I met him. And again, we had a great time. But again, if he says you're good, yeah. you're good. You have to no, worry for about real. Anything. I, I remember when Summit messaged me and he's like, we got, we got James Prince on the podcast. And I'm like, I, I remember replying to him. I said, nobody can chat to us ever again. Like we're good. The fact that he's on <laughs> our, our like, first UK <laughs> podcast to have James Prince, it just gave us this, mm-hmm. this stamp. And, um, you know, you can only hope yeah. to have that kind of level of respect from people. So no big ups to Mr. No, not respect and salutations to Mr. Prince mm-hmm. over to you. Summit. I, I thought I talked too much. I was going to let you go for a couple of questions, but um, let's talk about the Gap commercial. Let's okay. talk about how that happened and then how it played out because it was absolutely a moment. It was just like, it's LL and LL. This is 98 LL, if I'm 97, 98 LL. This is LL, right? And so how did that happen? I'm guessing you guys didn't know, but how it played out and, and impact it had for you guys in a in a Gap commercial where LL just freestyling and going for us by us. That must have been incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean today that's in history books. It's in it's in um 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 actually I do have a book here, um a marketing book that talks about it because it's like no one has ever did anything like that. Like that's regardless, it's great for them. Um so so basically LL J is a childhood friend of ours. So Damon and the guys used to go on tour with him um, while he was um, rapping, you know, while he was you know, performing, whatever, whatever. I couldn't go because I just couldn't go. Um, I had, you know, I lived with my family. They wasn't about me, about that life, me going anywhere and hanging out and all that stuff. So I had to kind of sit back and wait much, right? But so the the real story is, which not nobody, a lot of people don't know this, is that LL's, LL was in a rap group. Okay. So LL was in a rap group, right? It was a three, uh, it was three of them. Um, one of the, which was his best friend, his name was Cal. His, so his brother, Cal's brother was my best friend, which we were in a rap group. Oh. What was the name of your rap group? Yeah, come on. I can't they, remember. They always say this, I can't, I can't remember. remember. They always, yeah, they know, they know. The same for the so book. Long ago. It was so long ago. But I remember part of my, from my, one of my, we, I'm, I hold a pen and a grenade, the view from evil cascade. I, I forget the rest of it. But that's how my, my, my rap went when I was in my crew. When I would go up, I started off that way. Um, but uh, so, so LL and I became friends. We became friends because I was, I was like the, one of the little guys, you know, his little, whatever. So fast forward. When we started the clothing line, LL, of course, LL knew Damon, well, knew of Damon because of that. So we went to him and was like, hey, man, we doing this clothing line. You Can you help us out? And he was like, all right, no problem. If you, you know, we help, I'll help you out. If stuff just get big, just make sure I'm good. And that was his word. That was it. Okay. Yeah. That's simple. And, and so now he's signed to us, right? We're, we're moving. He does his ad um, that we wait outside because he, uh, I think 
he, he waited, we waited outside for him to do an ad for like a couple of hours. Cause he almost didn't want to come out. Cause he was like, but he promised that he was going to do it. And his word is his bond, you know? So he said, he wanted him doing that. So then now he's stuck to us because we just did an ad for us. It is what it is from the guys around the way. And he was like, yo, you know, I'll pull me aside. Look, look, man, I'm doing this because, you know, you, you know, you, my boy, you know, my, my, you know, my, 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 my best friends, you know, a brother's homeboy. So I'm doing this for you, but make sure I'm good. I said, like, oh, of course I'm gonna make sure you're good. My word is born too. Long story short, uh, as, as time progresses, he's becoming, I mean, big, like he was, wasn't, I mean, he was big, but now he's huge. So he has different endorsements. So this manager came to him and said, can't manager came to us and said, said, Hey, listen, this guy has a gap, you know, ad, uh, they wanted the gap wants them to do an ad, but LL is like, look, I ride with y'all. So what LL is going to do is he's going to make them, let them wear a hat. And he put, put it in the contract, let them wear a hat. But we thought he just was going to wear the hat. So we was like, all right, cool. That's a commercial for us. Like we don't care. Right. But then he put it in the lyrics, but that was an extra thing. That wasn't something we knew that was going to happen. So he did that as like out of pure love. I mean, I don't know if Gap really appreciated it after the fact, but it just sounded good to them. They don't know. They don't know the culture. Right. That's so you could, s- you could you slip the, the code, code in there. there. So you know what yeah, you can slip the codes in there and LL knows who he's, he, he knows who he's talking to, even if they don't get it. Love it. I love it. I love it. Right. That's what happened. And again, it, it it's to this day, it's the same thing with other, other companies and other brands. They don't know the culture. Mm. They're not of the culture. So all they're doing is, 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 is uh, simulcasting what somebody else already did. Mm. I always say it like this, you know, it's like giving somebody the answer to the test. Yeah, you got the answers, but you're still not smart. <laughs> yep. And with that said, right? microphone drop. Just recently, yeah, just recently I was on a, a private talk with the uh, RL, uh, Ralph Lauren, his whole staff. Um, from all the divisions and we were talking and it was like, well, we have the data. And I said to them, quote, what's data if you don't know what to do with it? Yeah. Facts. Facts. Well, the data says this. Yeah, but you don't know what to do with the data. You don't know how to punch it in. You don't know. You don't know. You have no insight. You just have data. Data means nothing. And then I said, listen, well, yeah, all right, fine. What's the formula? Right. The formula. Let me, let's do, let's do something real quick. Let's do experiment. If I if I'm writing a chalkboard, and I write one, I'm just gonna write this. I'm not gonna say anything. One plus one, and I put two. Sorry, one plus one, and I put two. What is that to you? An equation, right? Mm-hmm. The average person would say, okay, yeah, one plus one is two. Right. But what if I said to you, what you said? What do you see? So the question is, what do you see? Not what it is. What do you see? I see one plus one equals two, or I see four. And that's and that's what an entrepreneur does. Wow. I don't think I was ready for this interview. Wow. I'm not gonna lie. Jay, I came here to talk about clothes and the culture and some <laughs> money making.
But we are, we are. No, but here, listen, let, allow me to, you, what you have done here, like, I'm going to draw for my journal after this recording because I have a journal and I'm going to put some of what you've said in that journal because I think this just applies to life in general. Yes. It's about seeing the opportunity. Yes. This is what it's about. The, the, the one, the one, and the one, the one plus one and the two is an opportunity you see. It's about what you want to see. Yeah, you're going to have me and Summit moving like savages after this. <laughs> True savages. But this, is why we, but, this, but this is why we like to speak to people like yourself, right? Because it's about perspective. I always say this is so important that as fans of hip-hop, we've learned so much from the artists that we've listened to or the engineers or the producers or we gain so much. It's, we're sponges for that. So this yeah. is why this conversation is important. Chris is right. We're here, we, we're here to talk about fashion, but I love the direction this is going in because this is life lesson. This is gems. This is what we all need to hear. Agreed. The, the data bit is very important because I do this kind of for a living, right? It's very, it's important to have someone that goes, Hey, we've got this data, but then what do we do with it? It informs what direction you go, but it doesn't tell you what you need to do with it. That's where right. you need someone in this case of the culture of a certain industry to understand, right, this is what we can do with it. This is the plan going forward. This is what I foresee to be the challenges and how we can navigate them. And I think a lot of brands, organizations across the world, big or small, have that challenge. They think of a buzzword and go, there's an opportunity. Opportunity doesn't love in the buzzword. It lies in what you can do with that data. And like you said, punching, it's about understanding what what are the drivers. It's buying personas, what motivates them. How can we use the data to inform or influence their buying decision to make a purchase? But do it in such a way whereby you're not just you're not making them feel like they're buying something they sort of changed, but they feel part of something. That's a that was a beat about Fubu. Fubu wasn't you just bought something that you wore. You bought into something. And you felt like you were part you of bought, it. Right. You were part right. of it, and that right. was the genius for me of Fubu. Yeah. Right. Where's your why? Mm. Right. Where is the why? Where's the why? You know, think about this. Uh, when Nipsey Hussle died, right. So in fashion, we know as part of the culture that, okay, we got to make Royal Blue stuff. They'll wait for the data to go Royal Blue is selling, but they don't know why it's selling. Your message, your message is, look, I'm, he I'm hearing you. I'm looking, he's looking at us and I'm looking at you because there's a transaction of, of mm -hmm. information. This is a really good book to have. Start, Start with, with the why. why. Yeah, yeah. It's a really that. good book to have as, a, as an entry level into understanding what motivates and drives. Um, well, my book is, my book is Building an Empire and it, it makes you think another way. Because again, we all, a lot of people are walking down the same path and it makes you be able to get out that path and create mm -hmm. your own path. It just gets you, we're all in a bubble. It just, and it pops the bubble to have free thinking and not free thinking to the point where you're like, what you do, you just talking crazy with free thinking that what you're talking and what you're doing makes it make sense. Yeah. And then you roll down your own lane. Yeah. So understood. Uh, very much. Understood. So not to, not a free plug, but you know, I had to get it. No, you got it. We'll put it in the, we'll put <laughs> yeah, in episode definitely, notes. Definitely. And I'll buy a copy after this call. When I was in California a couple of years ago, I was walking around California wearing my hieroglyphics t-shirt, Souls of Mischief, Dell, all those mm -hmm. guys. And it was really interesting because people would walk past me and give me the head nod because they recognized the logo. And it almost said to me, well, this logo is a signifier. It makes people relate and think, okay, he's one of us. Where is 
the kind of the strangest, most surprising place you've seen someone wear a piece of FUBU clothing? Oh. Wow, let me think. It could even be a person, someone wearing it, and you thought, wow, like we, we got over there. Um no, oh, oh, every country, because we were in every country. I mean, now we're almost back in every country. So, you know, I've seen it all over. But the weirdest person that actually wore it and we didn't buy, and they actually went to the store and bought it was um Beyonce's father. Matthew Knowles. Matthew Knowles, which was really weird. When and was this? This was uh we did a we did a capsule line about a year ago with a uh, Puma. And um he wound up wear, buying it, wearing it, and people snapped pictures of it. So that was just his daily, you know, routine where he just, you know, threw it on, he'd feel comfortable wear it, and he wore the whole suit. And I was like, he actually just wouldn't bought that? Okay, no problem. I mean, I ain't mad at it. I was like happy, but it was just the weirdest thing because I just can't see him doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just couldn't see him doing that. Not that he's a super Mr. Important person, but sometimes it's not about an important person. Sometimes it's about a right. real person. Right. Yeah. But you got to remember, and I'm sure you know, FUBU is a cultural institution. I, I will get off this call and I'll call my mum and I'll say, mum, I just spoke to Jay Alexander Martin. She'll say, who's that? I say, co-founder of FUBU. She'll say, what? You're speaking to people at FUBU because our mothers know what FUBU is. So whilst you might be surprised right. that someone's wearing it, it kind of makes sense. And, it, you know, if you consider Matthew Knowles' age what age he would have been when you guys, he was right. outside when you guys were outside. So it's probably even a nostalgic purchase right, for him right, too, right. you know? So that definitely, right. definitely makes sense. And he looked, it looked natural. You know how some people, they're trying to fit in. It just looked like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I know what you mean. Talk about the Good Life compilation. Um, I will never forget hearing Fatty Girl. Yeah. Because um, love Ludacris, but at one point in my life, I wanted to be Keith Murray. <laughs> I wanted to be Keith Murray. He was making up his own words. <laughs> he does. sounded really smart and he, and he would fight you for real. I love that balance. Does. Talk about the importance of that compilation and what it did for the business. Well, well think at this time, right? So we have, we, everyone has a video. It's all about video, Hype Williams, uh, Little X. Um, and there's another guy that I forgot is, that came out of that crew that, um, that did videos. And it was the biggest thing to have them do your videos. So that was our mini commercial just as well. Although we did have our own, like we had about three commercials. I think we had three commercials uh, that we did our own. So looking at that part, every rapper is wearing our clothes. So it comes to a point where it's like, again, entrepreneurship snaps in their head and or, or um, other companies that are actually doing competing lines are saying, well, all these people are doing wearing, you know, FUBU's clothes. Well, let's take that artist and say, give them a clothing line. So th that started happening. So now it start, everybody's starting to do their own clothing line. And we had to figure out, okay, what are we going to do now? Hmm. What's the next natural progression? Music. So we'll create our own, we'll do compilation albums where now we got to, we have a whole bunch of singles. We have our own artists. They can put on our clothes and we can feed, flood it and be on the video sets. I mean, I'd be on a visit, but be on all the video shows with our own content, our own people. So it was just, and actually everything we do is a natural maturation process. It's one by one. Okay. We need this. Oh, I need that. Oh, oh we need this. I mean, we need TV is what is, 
is the medium that everyone goes to. Whoever controls the media, medium controls the world. That's why the That's media, right? right? And uh, Rubak Murdoch's and all these other of the world, they control the world because you control the media, you control the minds. So that's when we moved into this, moving to Forest Bias Network. Um, so it's forestbias.com. And then second from that, we moved into hotels because we always stay in a hotel. So we might as well do a hotel. And then now we're looking into flying. We're looking into Bitcoin and things like that. We've had just about every license known to man. So that's how that kind of happened. I know I went off to the right, but I added on to the pieces of what you needed me to, what you wanted me to ask. I mean, what you it's wanted all me good to ask. because it's all good now because now we've got to think about me and something's got to be thinking about, okay, what's, what's, what's the next natural progression for us? Something's going to be like a motivational business speaker, cultural equity type guy. I've, I've, Chris, I don't mean to interrupt you, Chris, but I've already thought about what the next thing for us is. I left something out. I'm sorry. I've left something out. Also, we also have FUBU phones. So we have phone, we have FUBU phones, we have phone service, we have phone stores. You can come in and get service. You can buy phones, FUBU phones. You can buy everybody else's phone. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So what? When you say a FUBU phone, yeah, FUBU phones. I will come into your shop and it would be like, yeah. yeah, can I have like a almost like a Nokia or an iPhone? I want a FUBU phone. Yeah. So you walk now. In, you lot are moving different. Walk in, you're moving different. You walk into huge stores that are primarily in in Houston, Dallas area. Uh, we have a few here. We had a few here, but we do due to COVID, it all closed down because of COVID and everything. But going forward, yeah. we do. We have. We're gonna um, actually start reopening stores with, as soon as things starts clearing up. That's amazing, man. I'm so happy to hear. I'm proud of you, man. But everyone needs a phone, right? So what do you do? Yeah. You get a phone, you start getting people have phone service, you get a bunch of pe- uh, people joined on, and what do you do? You feed them little advertising here and there. Feed them a little advertising gotcha. here. This is coming out. You have, you have to take over them every medium. You have to be wherever it is that, you know, if they're on their phone, if they're on their uh, social media, if they're looking at a billboard, it's about reaching them wherever you can right. reach them. Different touch points. Right. Yeah? Right. Makes sense. But I don't want to sound condescending by saying I'm proud of you, but... That's dope. I mean, that's what everyone should be doing. Uh, that's what everyone is doing. I think I will leave. Mm. And if they're not, now they will. <laughs> yeah. My wife has just started um, doing some Bitcoin pieces mm-hmm. as well. So it's a, that's a whole new world that we're getting into. And my philosophy is, well, look, I would rather lose money investing in Bitcoin than losing it in a casino. I'd rather oh, try and get involved. It might be the same and thing. And see what can happen. It's not that bad. You know, it, it, could be, it could be. But I just know I could handle that loss a bit better if it were to happen. But it's about, I remember speaking to Willie the Kid and he was like, you know, sometimes new opportunities present themselves and we don't get involved through a lack of knowledge or through fear. And I'm trying to do away with that. And I'm like, here's an opportunity for us. Let's try something. Yeah. You know, it's the thing about getting in early. And a mm. lot of times, by the time everyone's making the noise about it, it's too late. And that's the thing, access to knowledge, access to capital, access to knowledge, access to capital. Actually, access to knowledge gives you capital. Yep, the head nod. Mm. And you got me doing the scrunch face like I just heard a beat from Premiere or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> Longevity of FUBU, you mentioned 30 years. How do you feel about the longevity of FUBU and its impact on popular culture? And, you know, this is a three-part question. When it comes to longevity, and you mentioned the social media world, it's, everything seems to be a quick fix. Why is longevity so valuable in life and business? Well, longevity is valued. Actually, 
to me, I think that longevity is not valued. For me, I, I value it, of course, but I think that it's just not valued because as in our culture, and let's say it's a hip hop, because we're always going to bring it back to hip hop, because hip hop and our culture, even though, yes, it's been around for the, the culture of it's been around for years, when anytime as a rapper or someone that we always come, well, a lot of people say, I don't do say it, he's played out, or that's played out, or that that's old school, or that, no. You know, and then we value things differently, you know, according to how when it comes out. And, oh, I had that already. Oh, I want to be first. Or I want to get in first. You know, you go to the nightclub, and everybody wants to get in first. But there's only one door. So how are you going to all go in at one at the time, the same time? Somebody got to wait, you know? So that is the problem in a, in a bigger picture of longevity. I mean, I I feel like when you look at us, I mean, there was a period of time when people looked at FUBU and was like, I don't, I don't care about that. You know, now there's Black Lives Matter and things like that and all these things that happen in the world that are detrimental to the African-American slash uh, uh, multicultural, you know, people. But with that happening, it kind of opened us up to be okay, who we were or who we started to be for us, by us. And now it makes sense again. You know, as people have taken that name and taken what we've doing, and now they cre- that they give us credit for our longevity. But sometimes I always got to prove my love and say, well, you know, I know you started a T-shirt company and you got three T-shirts, you know, on, on the Internet. And that's great. But um, call me when you're in a museum. Call me when you have three wax figures yourself. Call me when you I, actually there's a museum in Europe. I don't remember the name of it because I probably could pronounce it uh, that that um that we're in. So three museums, actually four, because we're also in uh, TI's museum, uh, Trap Museum, so that's four. So call me when you do that. Once you do that, you, you and your little three t-shirts. Yo, Jay's with the smoke right you know, now, I'm, I love I'm, it. Um, <laughs> if, I am list- if I'm listening to this podcast and I've got three t-shirts on the website, I would feel attacked right now. I'd feel attacked and I'd feel a way Jay's here talking about he's in a museum, you know, bruv, he's in a museum. Come on, man. No, but I say that to say because the average, the average people, you know, on the internet that you sit there and listen to and they, every time you put something up and they type in, you know, stuff at home and they have to, oh, but that's nothing. And why I'm, you know, why, you know, everybody's a journalist. Everybody has an opinion, you know, and why should your opinion always be negative? You know, why you can't value What's going on? Why you can't just say, hey, that's great. I'm saying your stuff is great. Oh, I like you. I like what you're doing. Maybe you should go this way. Oh, but I mean, I should go that way. Oh, man. No. I, I, all right, fine. Do you. So that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of talking about. Again, like I said, you know, you look at the Twitters and the Instagrams and all that stuff. And it's like, guys. And then all you're doing is giving fuel and ammunition to others that want to come in and take our culture. And then you co- then you're going to have a complaint about how now they're taking our culture and we because you're not doing nothing with it. So all you're doing is feeding you back what you what, feeding back what you made and making you pay for it. <laughs> because you don't own the distribution, you don't own this, you don't own that. Why don't you do it? Because no one's taking the time to stop to do it and take those 20, 30 years to be in business to be an institution. They want instant gratification. Somebody gave me a job. 
i.e. you made the choice. You know what? Now, there's nothing wrong with taking a job to learn all the intricacies of what's going on, right? Then you leave, but you felt you had it already, so you did it, and there you go. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's right. No, it's it's right. You're right. I'm, I, I don't disagree. There's uh, two things I want to double back on is, A, shouting out Ralph McDaniels, because um, yes, yes. he's he's important to his story, and he's a, he's absolute legend. And, and if there's anyone I've known to have... Um, unreleased footage of pretty much everything especially in the in the 90s it's Ralph Ralph McDaniels has footage of the cookie crew from the UK touring with public enemy and he's like I can't I can't say that now um but but he has it and and he he's he's he should be lauded um especially he's he's welcome here and and I've interviewed him before but and, and the, the funny part about it I talked to him about all his footage because um I was I wanted him to, to do a show on a network and he was telling me a lot of these tapes and stuff are like in formats that you can't even find a machine anymore. Wow, <laughs> that's right, that's right. You, like, you remember Hype Williams? All, all that, that he's the lineage of that. You know, he it's the MOP video, right? He he told me it was the MOP video. He sent Hype Williams to do that, and that's that's the start. So Ralph McDaniel's doesn't. I mean, he does over here, but when we're talking about videography and starting that and being a, a trailblazer and that he did that he was there with the camera all you know he was there at the beginning um from fresh fest all the way through to that and um he's done and the other thing i was to mention about is um the work you guys did uh for black lives matter and the activists and providing that so i want to make sure that that's highlighted too because people have to understand that when it's for us by us it's not a, a tagline it's not just a cultural impact you're actually there on the ground with people and it is for us by us so i yeah. want to make sure yes that was yes we, we try to stay somewhat independent because you know what we do what we did a, a line actually a, a, a line a capsule line with them um uh at one time so that, you know, that's that's our our contribution um, to them and working with them. But again, we are we have our own initiative and our own charity and all that stuff like that. So again, by association, yes, we did. But it's funny because someone told me just recently that they said, "Jay, you know, you know, you guys were the original Black Lives Matter," and I was like, "Yeah." So it took another ten years. Took ten years for it to come back around to for this to happen, but it's good because right now people t people think they own force bias, you know, which is the culture thinks is own force bias, which they do, you know. Again, like you said earlier, you know, it's not for us. Like everything you do is for your lineage. So again, as soon as you get to a certain age where us, oh, it's all about it's not it's about it's about you being out being a man or you being a woman going out and doing it on your own, then, then nothing's for you anymore. Everything's for rent. Because it's for yeah. the next person or the next yeah. Yeah. person down no, the line. hundred percent. And yes. Jay, just want to say thank you. Um, we're very much about flowers and homage. And in terms of our our journey in hip hop, it's not just the music. It's about the fashion, how we talk, how we move. And FUBU has been a massive part of that. I, I told you at the beginning, my grandma, she bought me my first piece of FUBU. It was a FUBU baseball shirt. She didn't know what it was. She just liked the design and she brought it home for me. And I felt official. So I just want to thank you for all your contributions, mm -hmm. you and your partners. And for also doing what you say you were going to do because the brand has remained 30 years and it's, it's become cool. Again, 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 and again, it just continues to reinvent himself. And even as we're in this political madness Black Lives Matter. I know the trial is going on. 
and the message still rings loud and clear. And we just want to thank you and for giving us your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, I thank you. I thank you. Um, I, I'm here. Uh, if anybody, forcebias.com or fubu.com, check out either one of those and you'll find all my, my if you want to read about me per- personally, it's jalexandermartin.com. The letter J, Alexander, M-A-R-T-I-N.com, my name. And uh, you can follow me on all social medias on there. All right. We appreciate you, man. Thank you so much again. Man, I appreciate you guys, man. I love talking no, to y'all. We'll, please come back to the show. We're going to reach out. Please come back. We, we'll have some ideas. Come see me about that job, man. I need a job out here, man. Talk to me. Uh, we, we can be yes, your sir. distribution channel here in London. We're supposed to, we, I know that when this is kind of subsides, we're going to kind of come out there and promote because uh, we have, you know, we have a bunch of stuff out there. So we'll come out to promote. I'm definitely coming. I'll come come on there and actually we can do it live. If we if we you know yep. if we want. That's not Let's a problem. Um, and we can hang out and you know get some beer. Come on. Let's do that. Love Let's that. Do that. I, I've also bought your book in the in during the process of this. Oh, interview, thank you, so sir. Appreciate I it. I bought your book, so it's coming on Thursday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Appreciate, All right, appreciate yeah. you. Peace. Big thanks to Mr. Martin. I'm calling Mr. Martin for his insights. Um, <laughs> I just thought of something actually. <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember um do you remember the um the Fubu not Fubu, the Fuji's remix. I forgot what song. Called Mr. Martin. Was it Mr. Martin? I swear that's what he said. Yeah. 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 So when, when he came on the Zoom chat, I'm like, God, Mr. Martin. For sure. Anyway, no. Ignore me. Ignore hey, me. Man. This is why you can't take me nowhere. No, we got yeah, this is true actually. This is true. I know I I I, I kind of I talked a lot in that interview and I don't know what happened or whatever whatever came. I think there was just um some passion that came out, so I apologize for that. Um now you're the one editing it in it, so it's up no, to I'm you in it. In. I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. It's up to you in it. It's up to you in that. Yeah. Someone's gonna get like a 500 megabyte download with this episode, bro. They're gonna be like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> Summit was talking. He was talking. No, it's uh, it was very important. I I, I enjoyed those kind of conversations because I learned so much. Um, and not just about hip hop facts, but how people think, their vision, their ambition, and it inspires. It inspires me, and I'm pretty sure it'll inspire the listeners too. I think that's very important. And again, as I said before in the intro, it's about, it's definitely about providing that to listeners and the platform for that. But it's exciting. I would, have, um, years. I would have loved to have been in the meeting where he was um, putting it on Ralph Lauren. What? You got data in it. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> Ralph must have been hurt, bro. But do you see, do you see what 30 years of longevity does? Yeah, bro. Like, Ralph, Lauren, the, Ralph, know, Ralph Lauren looked at him like, you know, you know, I got a horse in it. You know, I got a horse, bro. Like, but, my logo's mad in it. But you know, like, Fubu at that time, at their height, was competing with those guys. Fubu was, bro, Fubu was everywhere. Do you remember reading the source? I swear everybody was wearing Fubu or Carl yeah, Carney. Double XL, they were the ads. Come on, man. Like, everything. And so that's that's a testament. We, we're, we're talking about hip hop culture here, but if we talk about the actual wider popular culture and like you said in the interview it's an institution let's not forget that the the designer the designer fashion wear that we lord Ralphler and all that Calvin Klein these Louis guys were, these guys are up there if not doing outdoing them and I think that should also be should be documented and should be said because you know that's not been done since then yeah, I'm. I'm just like I'm glad, bro. I'm glad we got to speak to to one of the guys that were there. That yeah, he was outside. He was outside, but could chart the history and and that game he can give to to people listening and 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 the youngsters coming up. That is, just start, just start, just start, bro. <laughs> bro, imagine you roll up on him. But imagine you roll up on him and think, yeah, I need some advice. I'm a budding entrepreneur. I need some advice. 
what can you tell me? You're probably thinking because of who he is, he's going to give you this soliloquy to success, if we can call it that. He'd be like, just start. Find your own way. You can get you can get guidance along the way, but start. Just it start. goes for everything. It goes for producers. It goes for rapper. It goes, just start and we navigate your way through. Part of the learning process one has to go through in life isn't being handed out all the answers that like he used the example of the answers on a, an exam you have to go through it too you can get some of the answers and go i need this but you have to experience it yourself in order to realize oh i can do this i can't do this and if i can't do this screw it i'm gonna do this anyway i'm gonna find my own way and and that that's important it's really important that we stress that because we get so we get so defined by the things that are already existing the constructs I always talk about that are already existing that define our society and our norms. I'm not saying you contravene them and be a transgressor, but I'm just saying find your man, own man way. Came with, man, man came with the biblical lingo. He said transgressor, you know. Yeah, don't transgress. Brother, it's not that serious, bro. Relax, relax, relax. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Relax. Sorry, sorry. You sound like the book of Revelation. Transgressor. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mean to do this <laughs> when we had Mr. <laughs> Mr. Martin, but I'm going to say fuck the socials. Um, yeah, do that. So fuck the socials. Uh, yeah. I'm not giving them out. You find us where you want to no, find don't. us. But... I just want to thank uh, Mr. Martin again for his wisdom, his time, uh, and for gracing us with so many gems, man. That's it. Got nothing else to say. Peace.